on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, what an unbelievable week of golf it has been. Welcome everyone to the clubhouse. Magnificent to have your company right across Australia this great golfing weekend that it is. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. Marco, welcome to you. So much to talk about. Nice today. to see you, Jules. What an unbelievable tournament it was. The yeah, US it was, PGA it was Championship. incredible. Disappointing. Extraordinary finish. 2016 No Australian victory in the majors, yes. which is disappointing. Four new winners. Four new winners. All new? Yep. No one... Yeah, so they say Danny Willett, yes, tick. Uh, then we had um, DJ. Yep, US Stenson. Open, Stenson, and our last man, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, well, first time. When's the last time that's happened, I wonder? Uh, Wouldn't be for a while. Yeah, be for a while. I reckon early 2000s. Mm. Might have been. So, look, disappointing. We, the, the Aussies didn't win a major, but yeah, good fun watching it. Yep. Rain interrupted, soft greens. Gee, the soft course, I just don't like the look of it in the major anymore. Yeah. It's rubbish. Yeah. You know, when you see, I mean, there's no one's fault, by the way. Playing up. Yeah, playing the ball up. <laughs> it reminded me of my sort of a weekly Tuesday call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing the ball up. Yeah, I'll tell you what was fascinating was seeing Jimmy Walker hit the iron off the last hole. So he's got, yeah. you know. So I only got to make par on the last, which is the easiest golf hole on the golf course all week. So he's iron off the tee, smart play. Gets the cleanies ball, mm-hmm. place it on a beautiful eye. Yep. He's 288 yards to the front, uphill, and pulls out a wood. I, I couldn't get over that one. The commentators couldn't get it over that yep. one either. Extraordinary. Particularly when he can put it on the tee. You know, he can virtually Basically put it on this beautiful line. Now, I know there's water on the left <laughs> that you've got to be concerned about. But you can put it on a tee. Anyway, so that was unusual. You know, gets up now, does the two part. I mean, his last part, that two footer, and it was two feet 11 inches. So it was a yep. three footer. Gee, the pressure. There was a lot of moving around by, <laughs> you know, he moved a lot. He was yep. obviously feeling a lot of pressure there. And I was just waiting, you know, so often we've had Australians throw up all over themselves yep. and lose a major. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping <laughs> that finally someone else might throw well, up all over themselves and just gift an Aussie. A major. When that wood went Didn't into happen. the right rough on 18 from Walker, yes. everyone's just thinking, please be sitting down, please yeah. be sitting down. Yeah. And he, they showed the close-up of the ball, and it was just sitting there going, you're, Beautiful. you're kidding. Yeah. Surely some luck for some Australian golf the on the grass was Mate, leaning the right way a, as well, oh, Jules. Couldn't have been any better you, for I would have backed you to knock that on the, green. Been putting it on the green. The green's so soft. Yeah, yeah. Just, it needed to be just underneath yep. and just grass on top of mm-hmm. the ball. <laughs> The ball really sitting on the turf underneath, but yep. no, it was it was virtually teed up. He did the right thing. He just made sure he got it on the green, and he hold that two foot eleven inch putt. Yep. But uh, you know, Jason Day probably stole the show. The two iron off the tee, yep. he carried two hundred sixty eight <laughs> yards. That was well, unbelievable. I was sitting at home going, "He's played iron off this tee mm. all week. Yeah, surely the driver comes out." No. And then he pulled the iron out and went whack. Whoosh, and like you went, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But then the two iron, you know, the two iron. I mean, fair enough. You can put the ball on a tee. You know, you can yep. put the ball. You can really give yourself a beautiful eye when you're playing the ball up in tournaments. Which is, if you don't know what we're talking yep. about, because uh, it was so much rain, so much mud, on mud the all over the golf mm-hmm. ball. Well, if you hit the fairway, you could actually mark the ball, yep. clean the ball, mm-hmm. and then you can place the ball. But you know, pros don't place the ball in a rotten line. <laughs> they make sure that that ball sits up magnificently, uh, virtually on a tee. So even though, you know, he's hit this two iron virtually off a tee, the second shot, 
That's the most beautiful two-iron I've ever seen in a situation like it. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, we always talk about Ben Hogan's one-iron, which was probably a two-iron, back in the day uh, at Merriam, and he knocked it on the last hole at Merriam, two-part, and then won the playoff the next day. They spoke about that two-iron. It has been spoke about with awe for 70 years. But this one... This is a whole new ball game. I mean, it was 270 yards, so about 250 yeah. metres, 240 metres uphill, probably playing like 250 <laughs> metres. And he gets a two-iron out. Now, the significance of this, folks, is that when I was playing professional golf 20 years ago, if you're a really long hitter of the golf ball, your clubs would be two degrees stronger than normal because you didn't want to hit the ball too high, yep. uh, and away you went. Jason Day hits it so hard that his golf clubs are four degrees stronger Really? Than normal. So his pitching wedge, for instance, is 42 degrees. Now, when I st- first started playing golf, that was my 8-iron. Had 42 degrees on it. His pitching wedge <laughs> has 42 degrees. His middle wedge has uh, something like 48 or 49. Then he's got a 54 and a, and a 60 or a 58. But I don't, know how, yeah. I don't know how they work it anymore. I'm lost. I'm lost. It might be 42, 47, 52, 58. Yeah. Is what is what I'm guessing, but that means that his two iron, I mean two iron yeah. used to have twenty degrees, so four degrees stronger is a sixteen degree two iron. You know the old one iron used to be seventeen degrees, so it's stronger than a two iron. It's using a ball that is designed not to spin mm-hmm. with the with the clubs with less loft, and he has got it up in the air and soft enough to land yeah. and stop reasonably quick. And like he's hit it up a hill too, which kind of makes the ball fly lower, yep. if you know what I mean. I mean it's going to land with less arc. Yeah. And that putt, on putt was magnificent. Beautiful perfect, putt, perfect speed. Beautiful putt, fell on the right hand. But Jimmy Walker's putt on seventeen. Oh. How, how that went in, I'll never know. Any danger of one of us on the midweek oh. getting one of those sort of just a little side door entry? You could see where he lined. You know the Mate. the 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 coverage was better. I'll give that. <laughs> yes, but you could see the beautiful line on top of his ball. You could see him cut across the ball. Mm-hmm. That line never never yeah. rolled the right way. No. And it, and not only that, he's hit it weak. I mean, it only just got to the hole. Yeah. Because it's, he hit it so poorly, yeah. it had no pace when it got to the hole, which meant it just snuck in. Somehow it got in. I reckon <sighs> if he hit the putt well, yeah. it, wouldn't have bro- it, it wouldn't have broken. It would have gone just... Anyway, so he's lucked out there and made the par on the last. Well done. You won your first major. Mm-hmm. But from an Australian point of view, yep. you're a lucky bugger, Jimmy boy. <laughs> Real <laughs> lucky on that last hole. I tell you, Jason and Day's green. back nine... He just couldn't get it close. Nah. Couldn't get it close. Couldn't get it close, but gee, he played beautiful golf. Jeez, I mean, his long putts were good, though. <laughs> yeah, he kept on, well, he kept look, on he, making putts. He played good golf. Yeah. I mean, I'll get his card out now. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a look at that fourth round. So the back nine, he's played two on the par, uh, three on the par with the eagle on the last. So he's birdied 11. Yep. It's where he started. He's bogeyed the first mm. and bogeyed the third. Now he's on the back foot, but he's a champion. Because then he's gone birdie five and birdie nine. So he's basically played the last 15 holes in a major. Yep. Not only bogey free, but five on the par. Mm. I mean, absolutely magnificent. 67-67 on the one day. He played 36 holes in the day. And when you consider what he did on Saturday as well. Yeah, that's right. Saturday morning for us, but the the Yeah, yeah. Look, there's no doubt he played. I mean, he's come second in a major. Yeah. He's played awesome golf. But you know what I noticed with the uh, dramas, more dramas, of course, for Jason before oh, we'll, the week. We'll get to his, that. We'll get to that. We're going to get to that yep. a little bit later. We'll All right, we'll that. talk to that a little bit later then. Um, but I reckon he had a bit of energy on that yeah. last day that he might not have had. Now, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll yep. talk about that later. Uh, what about some of the other Australians? I thought, thought 
uh, who's our next Australian down the list, Adam Scott, five under par. He played the majors reasonable. He's just John not the Sendon, same. five under. Sendo played great, five under par. Yep. Um, Scotty Hend, mm-hmm. uh, two under par. He's finished 42nd in the major. I mean, he doesn't play too often. Bads. Bads.com. Yep. I mean, after the win, he's finished 49th, one under par. He's done well. And one of our favourites also is Marcus Fraser. Now, he shot three over the last day. Leash was one over as well. Leash was one over. There you go. So, yep. uh, some of the Australians, a lot of, a lot of Australians making the cut mm. uh, and really just one challenging the world number one. But, um, yeah, hats off to Jimmy Walker. Let me just have a quick look at Jimmy's cards. I reckon he was bogey free for a long day. So, bo- no bogeys on the last day, oh, on the last round. And in the third round, he didn't make a bogey the last 10 holes. So, he's played the last 28 holes of a major bogey free yep. to win. Mm-hmm. Rock solid. Yep. Rock you deserve golf. to win if you play like that. Yeah, rock solid golf. You Absolutely. do deserve to win. He's got a strange swing. He does. What do you reckon? Do you? I mean, I, I know that. Well, you haven't studied golf as much as I have, mm-hmm. and I've lived it, you know, my whole life. But it's hard to tell that he hits the ball so a hard. million yeah. miles. I, to be honest with you, watching it just as a sort of layman like I am, yeah. he's a real boring sort of a player. Yes, a really boring player. Yeah. He's but a, he, he's effective. Yeah. He is effective. Yeah, look, he swings. No, I, I, I mean, if he came, if he was a 16-year-old and yeah. walked into a good coach, if he walked into uh, Butch Harmon as a 16-year-old, there'd be a few adjustments made. Yep. And I'm not talking about just let's slow the backswing down mm-hmm. and fiddle with your grip a little bit uh, and maybe you know soften up, change the direction. That you know, good players are always working on that sort of stuff. There'd be a little bit of surgery involved yep. because that over-the-top move... Um, you know, when when you come over the top, when you see a good player, th- there's been a lot of good players who have come over the top. You know, Bobby Jones, Bruce Litsky, Craig Perry, mm-hmm. but they all hit cuts. You know, they all hit a cut, which makes sense. Yep. This guy came comes over it. I mean, he comes down steeper, then he goes back, and he hits these big kind of draws off the tee. But the beautiful thing that this guy was doing with that swing is that he was fading all the second shots. Yeah. Um, so he's getting the most out of his driver lengthwise. I mean, he's probably getting an extra five yards, which mm-hmm. is nothing really when he hit the ball, carrying the ball 300. But what was most impressive is that over-the-top motion he used to advantage and was hitting cuts for his second shots. But just the, the over-the-top draws that he was hitting off the tee, I don't, my brain can't process that. Yeah, I can process the over-the-top fades. The over-the-top draw, I, I don't know how he hits that shot. Yeah. Uh, regularly, I don't. I don't know how he hits it consistently because mm-hmm. he's got a big release too. Yeah. So he can't, not only does he come down steeper, he's got this massive release, which is probably where some of the power comes from. But to have that massive release with an over the top and hit a draw that's consistent, um, I just can't see him doing it too often. Yep. I mean, he should be a what, fader. He should fade everything. What did you make of him as a golfer, Marco? I mean, I heard you during the week on radio mm-hmm. saying um, since he's grown the beard, he's become a little bit more exciting. <laughs> but, well, he looks... Yeah. He's, it's something that sets him apart. Yeah. No? But he, he, if, he, he looks like... Um, well, he's won how many times he won on tour? Four or five times now in the major? Yeah. So four wins that, in the major? He had that moment a few years ago where he's he had not, to nail that long, oh, long putt to stay in the top now, 125. That's, that's a really good story. Yep. Five years ago, mm. he the last hole of his year. Yep. So when was his 2011? Let's say it's 2011. 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. The last hole of his year. The last hole, last tournament of the year. He had a 10-foot putt on the last. Now, I don't know whether it was for bogey or, yep. or birdie or par. But he, he knew he had to make it to finish 
125th because every scoreboard in that last tournament, <laughs> every scoreboard gives you an idea of yeah. what position you're in. So he's got this 10-footer and he rolls in the 10-footer. Keeps his card. Keeps his card. Finishes 125th on the FedEx Cup point system mm-hmm. and keeps his card. If that putt doesn't go in, See there's no way he's holding up the Wanamaker trophy. Nope. No way in the world is that happening. Sliding doors, Mark. Yeah, so I like sliding doors in sport. Yep. There are so many of them. Mm. Uh, and when you find stuff like that, I mean, you know, hats off to the guy because it's he's now, he, he's a major champion. He, he's, cha- he's going to change his life. He's a, he's a major champion. He's a multiple winner on tour. He's a Ryder Cup player. I mean, there's not too many other boxes you want to tick. No. I mean, I, I think if you win one major, you desperately want to win two. You just don't want to be, yeah. you want to be the that one, one guy. One officer to set you up. Know, Rich Beam or what's his name? McKeel, Steve McKeel or Shane McKeel or whatever that McKeel guy mm-hmm. name was. You don't want to be that guy. Yep. You want to win a couple. Um, so, look, fingers crossed for him. He, he, he wins a couple. But, you know, I'd much prefer to see Jason Day win another one and Adam Scott win yep. another one and all the rest of it. We're going to get to a break. I want to ask you about Jason Day and his drama that seems to follow him Everywhere, whenever the mate. big majors happen. Everywhere. We're going to talk about that next. This is the Clubhouse. My name is Julian Bayard. Mark Allen is here. We'll continue that chat right after this. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Hey, good everybody. You are with the Clubhouse. Julian Bayard. Mark Allen with you. Great to have you come as we talk golf right across Australia. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Just search for the Clubhouse in iTunes. Marco, Jason Day. Yeah, uh, well... You want to talk about this. Before the tournament, his wife had an allergic reaction to food. Yep. She was off to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Seems like something happens every week, Jules. Uh, well, drama seems to follow him around. It does. And look, he's got we'll put the, the hands uh, in the air. Maybe he's had a bad run, Maybe Jules. he has. Yeah, with the vertigo, the vertigo, the wrists. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll never forget the vertigo that <laughs> he had to get off the golf course. And a bloke wanted to talk to him. He couldn't talk to him. But he stood there and shot until he finished the interview, which was hilarious, yep. Jason. But um, look, I think it, I think he's just had a bad run, Jules. Yep. This certainly this couldn't follow him around forever. But the good news was, and this is this is what I want Jason to do more of. In in champions gone past us yep. in Tiger Woods and, and Jack Nicklaus, they would always take the week off before a major. More often than not. More often than not. Yep. And in that week... They would go to the course. Private jet. Whoosh. <laughs> in on <down>. Tuesday. <laughs> back Tuesday. Go back to the gym. Do all their practice on Wednesday. Thursday. Whoosh. Yep. Fuel the jet. Get down there. Have another practice round. Come back. And get their practice rounds done the week before. Mm-hmm. And then they do their gym, their practice, their putting. Get it all done. Yep. They turn up on the Tuesday morning. They play nine holes. Thursday, Wednesday morning, they play probably the other nine holes. They do all their practice nice and light. This is Tiger Woods 101, yep. Jack Nicholas 101. And they would stand on that first tee on Thursday, fresh as a daisy yep. and incredibly pre- prepared. Yep. So not only have they got all their work done, which is all the repetition as far as hitting balls, they've got all their touch done the week before. They've got everything done. You know, they basically play nine holes, they get a feel for the green, the grass they're chipping off, the pace of the greens, which normally changes on Thursday anyway. Mm -hmm. So all that work you've done getting used to the greens on (laughs) Tuesday and Wednesday is almost pointless because Thursday turns up and bang, they've gone up a notch. That's what Jack and Tiger did, you know, their whole major existence. Now, this week, because of the scare, because his wife was allergic to something, he only got to see the golf course once. Nine holes. That's it. Yeah. Still on the first two freshers' day. And even he said this. He said it 
you know, on that last day. He said, you know, in the um, talking afterwards, he said, you know, maybe me being fresh on the first tee and, and seeing the course a little bit blind ended up being, you know, a blessing in disguise. Well, I reckon Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods would just be rolling their eyes. I mean, yeah. if you are the world number one and you have the capability of getting a private jet whenever you need to, it's yeah. not much of an expense for you anymore, um, and you want to be as fresh as a daisy, well, just do it. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken to Ogilvy about it. I've interviewed Jeff Ogilvy. He, he always said that he wanted to, you know, get all the ring rust off the week before. He never felt like he could walk into a major and you know, he wouldn't be tournament hardened. But surely... Someone like Jason Day, who was the number one player in the world, a major winner. In fact, I saw a stat at the moment. At the at the moment, his top ten percentages for majors played and finishing in the top ten is actually higher than Tiger Woods. Yeah. Just as it sits Once he had four at the moment. Runner ups. He's had four runner ups in majors. Top 10s or something. I mean, this guy, he his mental capacity to play in the majors is unquestioned. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So now let's just get everything right yep. let's let's tick every box jason let's go through every spoke in the wheel and have that week off beforehand now i know this week he had the canadian open and he was the defending yes. champion yes so next year you know we'll be watching yep. i mean i don't want him to play the week before the masters <laughs> or the u.s open or the, the you know uh, maybe the scottish open perhaps if they're playing on a links golf course uh, to, to get a nice little warm-up for that style of golf the pga no forget about it yeah just turn up and play on yep. Thursday. Nine holes, Tuesday, Wednesday. Do all your practicing. Get used to it. And then get on that first tee and just go. And yep. be the freshest bloke out there. It was such an advantage to Jack and Tiger all those years. Such an advantage. Yep. You know, the best players have always done it. Phil still does it. Flies in the week before. Has mm-hmm. his practice rounds. They all do it. So hopefully Jason will do it next year. Yep. Why are you laughing at I'm Why just... are you smiling? Because I'm sitting here a million miles away telling Jason well, Day, the world number one, I'm, how, to, how, kind to, of thinking about how to do his job. What I'm thinking is that, and I don't know, this could be just yeah. completely wrong, but should he be playing these majors just removing himself from any distraction like that? What, leave the family at home? Leave the family away. Now you're talking my language, Jules. Because, I mean, yeah. Go there, get I, the job done. I, I love the fact that he's such a great family man. You see the yeah. shots of Ellie and Dash yeah. and the kids yeah. always yeah. on the yeah. greens. Yeah. But... If his son's sick and then he gets sick and then, or he's like, what happened with his wife? And, Jules, you know, he wants to be, be there, obviously. I'm a big fan of flying the family in on Sunday. Yeah. Saying or, hello. Or Greg Norman style yeah, on, the Saturday, yeah, on the Saturday. On the Saturday. For those of you who don't understand that one, when Greg Norman was leading the Masters yeah, the by seven shots or whatever it was, <laughs> and the day he got beaten, his wife took the liberty of flying every friend he had. <laughs> To the golf course oh, no. on Sunday. They all turned up at yep. his house basically with champagne in their hands. Yep. And uh, Greg always thought that was probably the wrong thing to yeah. do. But look, <laughs> you can always, you know, Skype's great to catch up yeah. with the kids. Fly him in on Sunday torn. if you're I'm a bit torn because I think it's great that he's such a great family man and yeah, loves taking them everywhere with him. But Personally, I wouldn't do it. When it's becoming... When it but that's why way, I'm maybe. sitting here know. with you and yeah. Jason is Jason's the world, the world number, number one. So he must be doing one. something, right? I'm sure he's doing something right, Jules. People that are listening are probably going, what would you folks know? That's exactly right. Yeah. They would be saying that. But, uh, you know, I only watch, ask question. I watch... I watch what people have done in the past and question what people are doing now. Yep. Is, all, all we want is for him to, you know, be the best player he could possibly be. Yep. That's all. Good luck to him. Looking forward to him coming out to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, World Cup. Yep. We're going to see who he's going to pick pretty soon. I think all the players, I mean, 
the the deadline is now done. So whoever the leading player is from each country for the World Cup, uh, pretty soon they will be picking their partners. And I think out of respect for, I mean, I think the World Cup organisers pretty much hoped it was going to be done this week. Yeah. I know the Australian Open organisers wanted it done this week so that they could go and try and target, target those guys for the Australian Open. But I've just got a feeling in the back of my mind that out of respect for the Olympics, might hold off. They might just hold off because if everyone <laughs> starts putting up quote, their hand, going, "Yeah, quote, out of respect for the Olympics, I'll come down and play the World <laughs> Cup where there is an awful lot of prize money." Yeah, um, I think they might just do that. Just hold that. off a bit. Well, yeah, you can imagine if Rory McIlroy says, "Yeah, I'm coming down for the World Cup," mm. and all the guys who have said no, Adam Scott, they're coming down the World Cup. It's just another headline for the Olympics, and yeah. I'll probably just wait a week. Probably try and avoid it. Yeah, I imagine. Fair enough. I imagine. Hey, uh, I saw you got re-gripped this week. Yes, I did. Got the golf pride. Now these are fantastic. Now, if you, I, I, I like tacky grips. Yes. And I always use the Lampkin ones. Now, believe me, I, I've been with them for twenty years, but they stopped making my grips. I had to search around. Golf you pride. You were happy about that. Yeah. Last well, week. we you we heard from the golf week. pride guy last yes. week, and he gave me the tour wraps. They're blue, and they are so good, Jules. Blue. They are so good. So if you are thinking, if you like tacky grips but don't want to go to the leather, a lot of people don't like the leather yeah. grips. It's just too heavy as well. They make your clubs too light, uh, swing way too light. Um, in my view, yep. other people don't care. Uh, but these these Golf Pride Tour wraps, they're 2G, they're called second generation. Unbelievable. Softish, mm-hmm. tacky like you would not believe. I couldn't be happier. Yep. Could not be happier. So if you're thinking about regripping Golf Pride, Get the tour wraps, 2G. People will know what they're talking about. Just feel them. Any good in the wet market? Oh, you probably wouldn't know. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't won't bother me. Yeah. I'm sure they would be. They're very tacky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would be. Hey, who are we talking to next? Uh, we're going to have a chat with Brad Damon. From, he's the uh, general manager at Bonville. Bonville Golf Course because, well, pretty good, this course. you roll into August and you start thinking, it's, gee, it's cold. Wouldn't mind getting a trip away. You, you did your famous uh, top five golf trips a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Footy trips are coming up, end yeah. of season sort of style. Your golf club might be looking for a trip away. Play Maybe you and the missus might be looking, you know, mm. go away. Yeah, that is exactly right. Bonville Golf Club. Uh, Coffs Harbour. Be nice this time of year, wouldn't it? Mate, shorts. It'd be nice. <laughs> it would be sensational just to get up there, get the legs out, yep. have a bit of a game. Eating that beautiful restaurant. Mm. I think it's got a hat. Yeah. It's one of the only restaurants going around that's got a hat. Yep. Uh, at a golf club. Like it. So that's enormous. And anyway, we'll chat to him next. Listen in. It might uh, get you thinking. we okay, break. And then straight after that is your master class. It's all coming your way right beautiful. here on the clubhouse. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. Welcome back to the clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. And Marco, well, what about this time of year? All our listeners out there, end They're of season freezing. trips. It's cold. It's wet. They're dying to play a golf away. somewhere up north. Yes. That's if you're a Victorian do. or if you're in Tassie or something like That's that. It. The dream is to get out, get some sun on your bones Ooh, yes, and play a decent course. That's it. It's important. It's important. And uh, the Bonville Golf Resort Market, they've hey. come on board. They're partnering with your master no, class nice. for the next few weeks. That's so nice. Who we, do we have to thank for that? We thought we'd get the general manager of the Bonville Golf Course on the line. His name is Brad Damon. Brad, welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us on the clubhouse. G'day, boys. Pleasure to be on board up in sunny Coffs Harbour. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, Brad, I was there a year ago. First time I'd ever seen it, although John Eels' commercials just go round and round. I had to get up there at some stage, mate. <laughs> it's, he does a great job for you, clearly. But, uh, gee, I was impressed with the golf course. Uh, it looked like you'd done a little bit of work to the place, to me. What, what have you been doing to make it uh, you know, better for the punters? 
Well, we just worked on making the golf course fairer. It's a challenge in itself, and the 18 unique holes carved out of the forest. And so just runoff areas, growing heights of rough, uh, catching balls from going into trouble, just over the period of time, gradually making improvements, widening fairways a little, just to make the golf course fairer so people of all levels can enjoy it. Uh, now that that is so important and so great to hear. You know, it's, it's funny down here in Victoria, and I reckon a lot of golf courses right around Australia, because they only had small plots of land to work with in the first place. You know, you feel like you're walking Indian file down so many of them with people, you know, planting trees in the past committees planting trees one and two steps off the edge of the fairway. It is just ridiculous. And when you go to golf, when you go to the best golf courses, Jules, right around the yes. world, from the edge of the fairway, it's usually about 25 <laughs> yards <laughs> until there is a tree line. And that's one of the great things about Bonville is actually you feel like, even though you're, you, know, you feel like the course has been carved out of a forest, you feel like you've got room to enjoy the game. And, Brad, it's so good to hear that that's part of the focus because when folks get away, when people play golf courses every week, it is nice just to tee up the ball and not go searching for it all the time. So is it something that you and the team have been doing for a while? Yeah, it's been a focus over the last five years. Obviously, trees grow, bush lines grow in. You need to monitor that. Um, you need, and you know, it's an aging demographic. And people, we want repeat visitation. Mm. You don't want people to come once, boast about, "Oh, it's really difficult," and you know, we loved it, but then not come back because it's too tough for them. It needs to be challenging, which it certainly is, but then very rewarding if you do hit good shots and not something that absolutely smashes you up. All right, good thinking. Now, Brad, uh, most people would uh, would recognise the course from, as Marco said, some of the commercials that were played during the Masters this year with John Eels and uh, saying this this is Australia's Augusta. It I is, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, it certainly it was, looks like it. It's magnificent. Now, tell us a bit about the, um, the secrets to Bondo Clinics you guys have uh, got going on at the moment. We're yeah, very fortunate that we've signed up Richie Gallison as our teaching pro. Um, and Richie comes from Sydney, been with us 12 months now, uh, a really good guy, a great ambassador for the product. And we started this for groups who come, and for smaller numbers, numbers four up to groups of 100, who want to learn about Bondball before they go out and play. So a one-hour clinic where they get to understand, you know, playing off different lies, um, green surfaces, how to putt, and three, two, eight cooch, learning grain a little bit, uh, but downhill's very fast, uphill a lot slower. Just learning the aspects of Bonville and a little bit about clubbing because everything's a carry to the hole here, elevated greens and just understanding, uh, giving them some sort of ideas before they go out so they're not just dealing with it from the get-go. Oh, that's sensational, Brad, because uh, people from the eastern states, we don't understand the cooch greens. We do not <laughs> understand it. You know, I know you guys up there, I mean, this is the amazing thing about uh, people who have grown up and on the cooch greens, Jules, yep. is that they actually they don't even look for the grain in the end, do they, Brad? They actually just look at the colour of the green. And they yeah. know exactly, they look at the colour, a little bit of shine thrown in there. But if you're a Victorian or South Australian or West Australian or from Tassie you've never seen the Cooch Greens, what you are providing there, just a little bit of tuition with uh, the uphill and downhill, up grain, down grain, side grain putts and, and how to read it, that is yeah. so important to the enjoyment of a round. And simplifying it because basically here the grain grows downhill. So downhill putts down grain quicker, mm. uphill putts into the grain slower, just getting them to understand that aspect and then they're clear and ready to go. The other aspect here, we're lucky, ours aren't super grainy because they're cut at three mil, they're thinned, um, constant grooming, so we don't have a major grain compared to some of the northerly Queensland golf courses. Right. Now, look, it looked like a perfect boys trip to me, but oh. I reckon uh, some husbands and wives get up there as well. And one of the most impressive things I thought, Brad, not only the golf course looks fantastic, it's always in good nick, but that restaurant of yours is an absolute cracker. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, happy to. This was a project over the last 10 years. You know, it's all about the overall experience. I mean, the game of golf is going to take four and a half odd hours. 
when you come away, you've got a lot more of a day to spend. We want people to enjoy the accommodation we have right overlooking the first fairway. We want them to enjoy their golf. But people love good quality food and wine. And it's not pretentious. It's just very good quality. We've won a lot of awards for it. Uh, it's the only golf course that has ever been awarded a hat by the Sydney Morning Herald Good Food Guide. Nice. Uh, it was awarded two years in a row. Um, but you've still got lots of choices there in terms of your regular food. Like, you know, if you want to have steaks and that sort of thing for groups, we do barbecues. Uh, the a la carte just takes it up a notch. And it starts at breakfast with a high-quality breakfast right through. The sandwiches on course even, we get a lot of great comments about the quality of the sandwiches on course, which isn't always the case, and the service that goes with it. So customer service and food and beverage offering is a major part of the experience for people when they come to Bonbon. Well, Brad, it's, uh, well, the perfect trip away, I reckon. End of the year. This time of year. Magnificent. What's the weather up there at the moment, Brad? Oh, so- mate, 24 today. Oh, oh please. Sunny, a corporate group off because the Coffs Cup, the big race, yeah. is on later this week. <laughs> Everyone's so in shorts. Trainers, and they're all out there in shorts with uh, no sweaters on, and oh, um, we're, enjoying, we're enjoying a nice period of weather. <laughs> Brad, really appreciate you jumping on the line, mate, and uh, good luck. Anyone out there who wants to get a trip away, Bonville Golf Resort, it's magnificent. Thanks, Brad. Nice talking to you. Masterclass is up next, Marco. You've got something for us? Oh, I've got plenty for you, Jules, all based on the PGA. Very good. That is next, right around Australia on the clubhouse. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, time to get a free golf lesson from the number one teacher in golf on radio. His name is Mark Allen. It's Marco's Masterclass. And as we said, we do it all for Bonville Golf Resort. Beautiful. Australia's most beautiful golf course. Experience the majesty of Bonville Golf Resort. Boutique group and corporate golfing packages mm. for an unforgettable escape. Book now. Listen to the number right here. Note it down. 1300-722-444. That's 1300-722-444. Or just search Bonville Golf Resort. Worth sure going just for the restaurant, Worth going just for the restaurant, I can promise you that. Sensational trip away, Bonville Golf Resort, and they present the masterclass today. Well, it's a week uh, gone by, basically, and we're still talking about Jason Day's two iron to the last. Yep. So I want to give you a long iron lesson today. Not sure I've ever hit a two iron. (laughs) Well, hopefully you never will, because if you are the kind of person who still has a one, and there are people out there with a one iron in the bag, or a two iron, you're just crazy. You're actually off your head. Yep. Most people shouldn't even have a three-on in the bag. Yep. Yeah, women golfers, they hit the ball a long, long way. But they understand the golf ball today. Not many of them even have a three-on. Yep. In fact, some of them just go up to a five-on, and then they've got the bag full of hybrids. Now, folks, if you if you are using the modern ball that spins, the modern pro ball that spins, mm-hmm. whether it's the TaylorMade or the, the, you know, the Callaway or it's the Titleist or whatever, Whatever golf ball it is, it's not like the old one where you could hit a two iron or a one iron or a three iron. These golf balls are designed not to spin with anything with little loft. Yep. Three irons, four irons, two irons, one iron. If you're an idiot out there with a one iron in your <laughs> bag, you're a fair dinkum kidding yourself. Don't even think about it. Jason Day hits his two iron as far as I hit my driver. Yep. He is an exceptional case. If you are a person who hits a seven iron, everyone thinks they hit their seven iron 150 metres, right? That's, if you are a person... That's genuinely every, what my every, seven iron goes. Everybody thinks they do. <laughs> if you hit your seven iron 150 metres, you can't hit a two iron. Yep. Forget about it. Don't even think about it. I've got a five wood in the bag. I've got a three iron, and it's got one of those, it's one of those big, fat three yeah, irons nice. too. Yep. And it's got a high... It's got the low kick shaft in it to help the thing up in the air. Mm-hmm. I use every possible 
available piece of technology to help me hit that three iron in the air. And it still doesn't go really high enough. Mm-hmm. And I hit the ball a reasonable distance. Yep. If you have a three iron, I mean, just, just forget about it. What are you doing to us? You know where my three iron is, Marco? Where is it? In the uh, lake? Throw un- it in the lake? Under my bed, because when I went to the carry bag, I yeah. needed to get rid of a club to make it lighter. Yeah, be Three iron, f- see you later. Have you missed it? <laughs> you would not even I miss a, it. I, use a f- I got a driver, five wood, yeah. four iron. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, Jason Day, for argument's sake, Jason Day, he hits his seven iron 160 metres. Yeah. Probably even 165 metres. If you're hitting your seven iron that far, maybe have a three iron you know, maybe a two-iron. But honestly, folks, if you're listening, don't do it. Most of you out there who play on the weekend this weekend, most of you, you probably hit it as far as the best ladies in the world. And these girls, they have every piece of technology mm-hmm. available to them, and they're using the same ball that you are. Mm-hmm. And they choose not to go with the three or a four-iron. So have a look at yourself. Next time you get that three-iron out, and it doesn't go higher than six foot in the air, and you're wondering why it doesn't stop on the green, well... Just think about what we're talking about today. Go get yourself an 18-degree five-wood, or if you don't hit it very far at all, go get yourself a 20-degree five-wood yeah. and start you know, sensing reality. Yep. Get rid- this, this is what I recommend most people do. Three-iron and the four-iron, get the old heave-ho. See you later. And just get a four-hybrid to replace both of those, a four-hybrid and a five-wood. Yep. Boom. Away you go. Very You'll nice. start enjoying golf again. Come a long way since uh, the last man yeah. at uh, Bolter Rolled to uh, yeah. hit the seventeenth. Well, you know the famous par five, the seventeenth. They're all laying up and came yeah. make, last man to make it in two. John Daly. John Daly hit a one iron in yeah. his second shot. Back in nineteen ninety three, mate. Made it. Landed it between those bunkers. It's the old ball. Yep. The old ball. You can do that. Mm. Even John Daly would never one iron these days. Yeah. Just think about What's it. What sort of a ball using, Marco? I'm a tailor mate. Yeah, of course. Tailor mate. So I don't use the X, which is the uh, pro ball. I mm-hmm. use the one that spins a bit because yep. Kingston's eighth green, so usually pretty firm. Yep. So I still use that one. Very That's nice. the way to go, mate. Yeah. Or it's, it's like, uh, you know, Pro V1. You should be using not the Pro V1X, you should be using a Pro V1. That's what I use. Perfect. Done. Man, You're all set to go. But it costs you a bomb, though. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's been a good show, Marco. Appreciate that. Look, are you going to watch the Olympics? Uh, with the golf, yeah. I'll watch, you know what? I'll probably watch the women's golf and take yeah. notice, but the men's golf—they've taken it a bit more seriously than the bikes. Men's golf's a B-grade tournament. Yeah. So no, no, I, I won't be bothering. <laughs> I hope Marcus Fraser or Scott Hen win. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I certainly hope Suo or Minji Lee win yes. for the girls. Yes, be sensational. Yeah. Hey, what well on two? We should say to Carrie Webb too. Her- yeah, the top five, fifth or six, six finish. Yeah, the yep, British Open. British Open women's. And uh, Tanagan have won yeah, that one. Oh. She is a gun. Setting golf alight. Can you remember? I forgot. You know, sometimes you forget stuff in sport. Yeah. She qualified for an LPGA event when she was 11, 11 years old. old. Yep. That is ridiculous. 11, Marco. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I remember when I, when I was 16, I qualified for the Tassie Open, and the very next week I qualified for the Vic Open. Uh, Tassie Open at Royal Adelaide. At Royal Royal Hobart yeah. and the Vic Open at Yarra Yarra. I thought I was Christmas. How old were you then? 16. Yeah. 16 years. I thought I was Christmas. Yeah. She's 11. <laughs> 11. Like my daughter's nine. She can <laughs> barely tie her shoelaces, mate. <laughs> this kid was playing. Uh, just It boggles the mind. Yep. They're good. And, and good morning to everyone or afternoon, wherever you're listening, to everyone out there who's going out playing today off yeah. 18, 25. Yep. They're 50, 60 years yep. old. Yep. Old mate's off 11 qualifying. That's it. Hey, do me a favour. If yep. you've got a three-on in the bag and you're about to get out and play, 
Just take it out. Yep. If you can't play with it, take it out. In fact, take the four iron out too. Just do it and just walk in and buy a five wood. Take those two clubs out or buy a three or a four hybrid. Just do it. You'll lighten the bag. Yep. You'll play better golf. Thanks for that, Marco. We'll see, see you next it. week.